1: inside sources welcome back everyone to inside sources i am boyd matheson opinion editor at the deseret news great to be with you as always and uh, very pleased to be joined now by uh, he's just the most insightful guy i've ever met uh, joseph gritty joins us uh, on the line uh, best-selling author entrepreneur and uh, i always like to say his greatest work is happening within the walls of the other side academy uh, joseph thanks for joining us today
0: Good to be with you, and I'd have to agree with your prioritization of my work.
1: <laughs> uh, it's all significant, and it's all big, from crucial conversations and influencer to, to now really changing uh, the way these uh, folks at the Other Side Academy are engaging, learning skills, and uh, preparing to really be contributing members of society. Uh, but I wanted to get Joseph on today. Uh, to really talk about, you always talk about the crucial conversations, and we're we're sort of in the the midst of one as it relates to the coronavirus. Uh, first, w- give me your perspective on how this is going and playing out. As a guy who's a, a really the ultimate social scientist uh, in watching how things interact, what does it look like from your perspective?
0: Yeah, well, and and you're right to frame it as social science. This is a social science problem, as we hear from the medical experts repeatedly, since we don't have either uh, validated treatments or vaccinations. It's all about behavior. It's all about helping us to behave in ways that resist the the progress of the pandemic. And so the the challenge we've got today is to stay in lockstep around just a handful of behaviors that we know are going to slow its spread while we try to get testing and then treatments and ultimately vaccinations in place. And, you know, so far, it, it's nice to see that there are some early signs that what we're doing is working.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's so uh, fascinating. And I, and I love the fact that you talked about just these the small number of behaviors, because I think that's been one of the challenges as uh, people you know hear about the, the deaths and the total cases. And you kind of get all of that news coming at you. And yet, the behavior they're asking you to change is social distance and wash your hands and work from home. Yeah. Uh, describe the challenges to that you've seen that You've seen that in places around the world and businesses and in uh, in communities. What does that look like
0: yeah the, the, there's one behavior that they're not talking about as consistently as we need to. Here's what we know. We know that norms change in any social system, in any community as quickly as people begin to confront you when you violate them. So it really ultimately is all about crucial conversations. A norm doesn't become a real norm until you know that you're going to be called out, embarrassed, held accountable for violating it. And so the speed with which we move to social distancing, to wearing the masks when we, when we need to in a store and so forth, any of these norms is the speed with which people will politely but directly remind you when you do it. I'm reminded, I was just writing a little article this morning on March 15th. That was the last plane trip I took before we started to shelter in place. I got in a car with an Uber driver coming back, coming back from the Salt Lake airport. And within seconds, he let out this dry heaving cough. And so I'm sitting here listening to that and thinking, why is this guy driving? But in my mind, I'm thinking, but do I say anything about it? I'm in the car. We've already left the airport. Do I want to try to wait for another one? All of these ridiculous short-term calculations take place that are just giving me an excuse to not have to have an uncomfortable conversation with somebody and let them know, buddy, you're not supposed to be driving a car. You might have COVID here. Yeah, But that's. That's the challenge we all face: is resetting these norms by politely but directly reminding those around us what we need to be doing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And starting in our own circle, in terms of our own family members, our own community members, uh, uh, and on out is is really the key. Uh, if you're just joining us, yeah. we've got Joseph grinning on the on the line. Uh, one of the great thinkers and uh, most insightful people I know. Uh, you've you've talked about. Um, how we move forward as you talk about some of these norms and and we've got to keep that going in terms of those crucial behaviors uh, in the short term. What do you see as the challenges for us as a society as as time ticks along?
0: Yeah, we're, we're all heading towards what I call the danger gap. And that's the gap between when we start crawling out of our caves, uh, when we start coming out and returning to the workplace or the marketplace, as the case may be, uh, but prior to there being saturation availability of both uh, treatments and potentially a vaccination. So that's probably going to be as long as a year, maybe even longer than that. If it turns out that the vaccinations that we produce have limited efficacy, like the typical seasonal flu vaccines, it could be that we're going to be living with an ongoing pandemic for, for years to come. And so that places some special responsibilities on leaders. Leaders are going to need to build practices in their organizations as they restart their companies, where, where they, they recognize they have behaviors that they need all their employees to practice, not just to help them to be safe, but to feel safe. We've got to make sure customers feel safe doing business with us. So these little practices of hygiene and social, and, and social distancing and other things you do to telegraph to people that they're safe in your workplace are going to have to be executed in lockstep. And most leaders are not particularly good at creating that kind of high-reliability culture. Mm.
1: The, the, it does come back to that culture question, doesn't it? <laughs> that you, You've yes, got to does. create that kind of uh, environment uh what are some of the other things we've been talking a lot about leadership uh, on this program uh, i think uh challenges like this uh, this is why we have elected officials we we elect them not to cheerlead when things are good they we we elect them to lead us when things are broken and bad uh what are some of the other leadership pieces that you think are going to be vital to us as we move into these next phases? As you say, as we start to come out of the cave, as the economy starts to reboot a little bit, what else do our leaders need to be doing, whether that's in a business, whether that's government, whether that's in our homes and community?
0: Yeah, well, two things. I'll list three. But the first is it's it's tough to be a leader when I – when your, your challenge is to help people continue to practice things, things when they see no immediate benefit from it. Your job is to build a sense of collective efficacy. Uh, our governor is doing a nice job staying out in front and letting people see what the infection rates are and hopefully re- helping them begin to connect the sacrifices they're making with the benefits and the success that we're achieving. That's how you build a sense of collective efficacy. People need to know that they're doing something that's making a difference, and if they do, they'll persist sacrifices they're making. So that's that, that's number one. Number two, they're going to have to be able to continue to do that even when they start to tire of it. When we start to come out of our caves, that's going to be the critical moment. It's easy to be a leader in a lifeboat because everybody agrees we got to head towards the desert island. It's when you hit the beach of the desert island and everybody starts having their own ideas about what to do that leadership becomes particularly tough. So as we start coming out of our caves, if the pandemic is still going on, That kind of strong voice to continue building a sense of efficacy so that we'll be restrained in our socializing with one another and not give the pandemic a chance to resurge is important. But the final one is, this is an unprecedented opportunity. I I love that President Nelson, the president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, is calling for a Good Friday fast because it's emblematic of the real leadership opportunity we're being presented with. This is the first time in the history of the planet that we all face a common foe. We all are being threatened by precisely the same thing, and the opportunity for international sharing for being open about the kinds of cures that we're, uh, we're producing and the therapies, for being open about the science of it, for being open with the use of equipment. I love that China was one of the first to send some of their ventilators to New York City. Mm-hmm. These kinds of gestures will need to be continued for many months, and it gives us a chance to stop pretending that borders are reality in a way that we've needed for many, many decades.
1: Oh, that, is, uh, that is fantastic. And, uh, Joseph, I'm going to make you come back. Uh, real soon and continue this conversation. These are vital things for all of us at every level uh, to to really engage. We've got just 30 seconds left. To give us a quick update on uh, how the people inside the Other Side Academy uh, are doing. This is like real practice for them.
0: Yeah, between Denver and Salt Lake City, we've got about 140 people that are housed at the Other Side Academy. And uh, they put a cordon tightly around them. This is a community that is as uh, high integrity as any is. When they know what needs to be done, they do it. So they're being safe. Uh, We've had to shut down the Other Side Moving Company, unfortunately. It's a tremendous hardship because that revenue supports the house. The other side, thrift boutiques are both shut down, but we're trying to find ways to do online sales and be creative, just as everybody else does. It's a resilient, incredible community and uh, a real gem for all of us.
1: Uh, Joseph Grinney, appreciate your insight, appreciate your leadership, and we'll have you back to continue this conversation real soon.
0: Thank you, boy. So good to hear your voice.
1: All right. That's Joseph Grinney. Well, uh, truly one of the great thinkers out there. Uh, So so insightful great leadership qualities there as well all right we're gonna go ahead and step aside bottom of the hour break when we come back we're going to talk about that fast that joseph mentioned uh coming up on friday stay with us right here on ksl news radio a gun in the face then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up they pointed their guns at me and this is the point where i thought i'm gonna die today